0: Kyle, give her great orgasms. Keep her around. Thanks, bye. Where the fuck is Alex?
1: I'm like, I want to sleep with Nick Wexler right now. And I'm gay.
2: Hello, and welcome to Pass the Hot Sauce, a Roswell podcast. I'm Aliza Ora.
1: I'm Lisa Abigail. And I'm Lorena Rose. We're here to talk about every single episode of the 1999 WB series Roswell, one episode at a time and spoiler-free. Today, we are discussing Season 2, Episode 6, The Harvest.
0: The IMDb description for this episode is weirdly extremely spoilery, so here's the Google description. When Max and the gang visit the Congresswoman's hometown after her death, they find themselves trapped in enemy territory. Ooh. This episode was written by Fred Golan. This is the only Roswell episode he wrote, but he's credited as a co-producer on 13 episodes. He was also a writer and producer on the show Justified, which stars the handsomest of all the handsomes, Timothy Oliphant.
2: <laughs> he's great.
0: Oh, he's <laughs> pretty uh this episode was directed by paul shapiro it's his third of six roswell episodes he has done a bunch of other stuff but we've already covered it the original air date for this episode was the 6th of november 2000 Ooh.
1: oh and today we are recording on the 7th of november we are almost in exact oh, wow. alignment yes.
0: And if you hear a little extra pep in our step, it's because we're recording after we got the news of Biden and Harris's presidential victory. Woohoo! Woohoo! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We are very
1: excited. So we start this episode off at school, and it is the only time we're gonna be at school in this entire episode for mm-hmm. a TV show that is about a bunch of high school students. <laughs> We're not really going to spend a lot of time in school this episode. They're going to like drive to other states and stuff, but we at least start in school and pretend that they're good students.
0: It seemed to me like the events of this episode took place, or at least the beginning of this episode, took place the day after Max saw Kyle and Liz in bed together, right?
2: Yeah. Oh, you think it was just the day after? Tess says
0: he had a rough night. Liz hasn't told Maria yet. No. It doesn't seem like Michael
2: knows either. She's asking her about Max, but it's right. like, mm-hmm. don't tell him I asked.
0: The Gomez concert was on a Friday. We later learn that the day prior to this was the 25th, which we think is the 25th of November based on other timeline stuff. And the 25th of November, which was also a Friday. So this is a Saturday.
1: It could be the 25th of October. If it's the day after the end of the last episode, there was Halloween pumpkins on at Courtney's house in the last
0: episode. I know, but at some point oh, they established yep. that Isabel's birthday was on the 25th of October. And that was a while ago. Two episodes ago. ago now. Three episodes ago now? It was like a month ago. Which Isabel later says it was two weeks ago. Look, time doesn't work in Roswell, New Mexico. This is we very have true. learned this. They're in a
1: weird wormhole of time.
0: Yeah. Time
2: doesn't make time does. Says-
0: The point is, no one seems to know what has happened between Liz and Kyle and Max, except for Tess. Mm-hmm. But Michael, for whatever reason, waits until Liz has walked away to approach Maria, or he like pulls Maria aside. He doesn't want to tell Liz also, which I thought was interesting. Mm. It's kind of like what Max used to do with Liz, where he was like, I'm going to tell you all the information before I tell anyone else. Like, Mm -hmm. Michael is doing this with Maria, even though their relationship is in a weird place right now.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. Maria is mad at Michael, but he's kind of pretending that nothing's wrong.
2: Yeah, I mean, they still, like, have something, you know? Yeah. There's still something between them, even though there's, like, tension at the moment. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: I also think it's such a big issue, and michael really trusts maria so he knows even if they're going through something she's going to be there for him yes and help him yeah. figure out what to do mm-hmm. so they go to this classroom again interesting that they didn't bring liz in they also didn't bring alex in no alex where this the episode. fuck is alex no jim this episode we're missing a lot of
1: good people here i miss and Kyle. people who could be very helpful in this mission
0: I have decided in my head that while everyone goes off on their shenanigans this episode, Jim and Kyle have like a little bit of a bonding thing, and then Alex comes over, and he and Kyle like stay up late roasting marshmallows in the backyard and commiserating about what a hard time they have trying to get with these mm-hmm. cute blonde alien girls, and like Kyle <laughs> teaches Alex about his buddhist lifestyle and alex is like genuinely interested because alex is a good yep. person yep. and alex is like oh i have these essential oils for my friend maria like let's talk about spirituality and self-care i like this fanfic this is yeah great. and then like in some versions of this in my head they take off their shirts and braid each other's hair but i mean i don't know whatever open to interpretation
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't think they have long enough hair for braiding but they could do like some little like pigtails
2: maybe some little like they could get wigs or weaves or whatever yeah
0: yeah okay I mean if they can't braid each other's hair I'm sure they could find some other way to pass the time
1: yes <laughs> this is very true I like this fanfic a lot Lisa please write
2: Thank it you. yeah can you yeah. Lisa <laughs> slash fit corner <laughs> so I don't know about you guys but I thought that Tess was like a little touchy feely with Max here in this classroom yes you know, she yes. like goes up close to him with her hand on his shoulder. like, Max, what are we going to do? Agreed. So she's taking her claim. Yeah.
0: But I also like that when Michael and Maria are snipping at each other, Michael's like, I tried chasing her. And Maria's like, but it's hard to run with your pants around your ankles. I like Tess being like, we are doing a thing here. Shut up and focus. Yeah.
2: Yeah. She says, settle your personal crap on your own time. <laughs> yeah. I love her there. That's so good. That was great.
0: Um, they think that Courtney was working with Whitaker. I'm going to be curious as we get more into this if y'all think that's accurate or not. Because I feel like it's maybe not
2: true. If they were working together, why would Whitaker have like surveillance photos of her like that?
0: Right. And like it doesn't seem like Courtney is with this other group of skins. Like, she wasn't planning to go to this harvest thing. Right. And like, she doesn't seem to know what's going on. Anyway, we'll get there. Yeah. And yeah. So I also thought it was fun that I guess because it's Saturday, like the teacher left a TV on in the classroom to <laughs> yeah. scare away any burglars who might walk by. They're like, no, someone's home. There's a TV on. And this is where we find out that Whitaker has been declared dead. Dum dum dum. Credits.
2: Yeah. From a car accident.
0: Interesting. The newscaster who delivers this news is played by Bella Shaw, who has played a newscaster in a number of things and who has a professional background as...
2: A newscaster. No way. Wow. <laughs> That's great. So was was Liz the only person who worked for her? Because there's no one in her office. Liz is answering all the phone calls, reading all the mail. And over the phone, she's like, no, we haven't set a date for the memorial service. What? Why would her office be the one setting a date for her memorial service?
0: Well, and why would Liz be playing? When Whitaker hires her, she says, oh, my, I have my paid staff to like, compliment me or whatever it is right like she has to have staff in washington you can't just have one field office but okay so before this we see on the we see on the news that whitaker died in copper summit arizona this is the day before so if we're thinking that this is the day after the last episode future max visited on this day and wasn't like oh hey you know what'd be a fun thing to warn you about tomorrow like y'all are gonna get sucked into this trap thing so like look out (laughs) (laughs) which look I wasn't there for the last episode so I didn't get to bring up all of my questions about time travel but like why that day and why didn't he warn them about anything that was to come why didn't he come earlier when Tess first arrived or before any of this why didn't he come later right before Tess was asleep why didn't he say hey here's some important information that could save you from getting killed I don't know
1: maybe he didn't know what time period the granolith was going to spit him out in so when he arrived then he knows when it is and where in their progression he is and has to, before he even shows up at Lissa's house, maybe he bought a newspaper to see what day it is and has formulated a plan of what's going to happen.
2: But also you have to be super careful when traveling to the past and you can't like really tell people that much what's about to happen because you could like mess with the whole timeline.
0: That was his goal was to mess with the timeline. Too many ripples. Too many ripples. I still think he should have just come back and been like, Liz, I love you. We're going to be together. Everyone else, be really good friends with Tess. Don't let her leave. Kyle, give her great orgasms. Keep her around. Thanks, bye. (laughs) Tess would have been into it.
1: Then we wouldn't have a TV show filled with ennui and drama.
0: Yeah. I know, but we would have had, like, Kyle-Tess sex scenes, which I feel like would
2: have been pretty hot. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Lighten those lamps. Okay, did anyone else notice that when they find this letter and they see that it's from copper summit. Did anyone else notice the way Emily Duravin said copper summit? Because her accent no. is so bad. She's like copper summit. Copper. <laughs> I like, I can't do it, but like she really hit that R.
1: In general, I have felt like her accent has been improving a little bit. It has. But
2: Yeah, it definitely has.
1: Like maybe they have a dialect coach in season two. I've tried to like
0: check in
2: yeah. the
1: credits if I see a dialect coach. I haven't oh, yeah? seen one listed, but she's her accent in general seems to be improving a little bit.
0: Yeah. Um, I did notice on that letter that there was a a postmark that just said the year and didn't say the date that it was sent. Which is not how postmarks <laughs> work. But anyway. Also, like Liz has been telling people for Two to four weeks that the Congresswoman is just on vacation? Yeah. And everyone's cool. And, with and her that. plan
2: was to do that indefinitely?
0: And yeah. like isn't Congress in session? I think Congress people are required to publish their schedules so like you know what they're <laughs> doing with your taxpayer
2: dollars. It's it's a TV show. So Max says We're going to Arizona and, like, reluctantly tells Liz that she has to come, to.
0: Yeah. After sort of accusing her of leaking the news of Whitaker's death, which I hated a lot.
2: Yeah.
1: And they mention that this this letter that comes from the Universal Friendship League, that the T. Greer is associated with the Philandra
2: Project. Mm. What's that gonna be? So Isabel reacts to that. Yes. Very clearly reacts. And then she's like, "Oh no, I don't. I don't. Oh, that does anything to me.
1: I don't know what that is. That's not my name from our other world. What?
0: Huh? <laughs> Isabel's doing the Max thing here, which is like, I have important information that definitely affects other people, and the smart thing to do is to tell them so we can strategize about it. So I'll just
2: keep my mouth shut. Yep. This is also like a big thing to to keep inside and not tell anyone. Yeah. You know, like I'm I'm worried about Isabel.
0: Yeah, she had and a lot of her. trauma. I mean, they've all had so much trauma, but like she just accidentally killed someone.
2: Yep. And has this big thing that she's keeping a secret of like that she betrayed her family and her people and or whatever alien people whatever they call them.
1: I wonder too if the name Philandra like is a play on the word Philander or Philanderer. Ooh. Interesting which yeah. i looked at the definition of it and the definition that i'm seeing for it from oxford languages like it's spe- like a philanderer is specifically a male that has casual relationships with
2: women then philandera maybe oh maybe it's for a woman <laughs> i don't know
1: <laughs> but yeah anyway i thought that was i thought that was an interesting probably not casual parallel that was made when they chose that name for her since she mm betrays Michael and has an affair with this uh, unknown character named Kavar. We find out later in this Mm -hmm. episode that she betrayed her family and her... What we have thought up to now was her partner, the love of her life in the other world, Michael, to be with this
0: other
1: other alien, Kavar.
0: Yeah. I... One of the things I thought was interesting here was that Max says Liz has to come with them because she's the only one with a legitimate connection to Whitaker. And, like, the first time through, I was like, okay, that makes sense. And I thought about it and I was like, wait, but no one in her hometown knows what her unpaid intern looks like. Yeah. They don't know her name. Like, any one of them, right? Tess could have been like... I work for the Congresswoman. And if they were like, hang on, Vanessa has sent me a list of all of her employees. She could have just been like, yes, I'm Liz Parker. And no one would have known.
2: That's so funny.
1: Yeah. Anyone could have said they worked at her field office in Roswell.
0: Yep. Right, Isabel ends up telling them that she was basically their mom. so (laughs) No fact checking is (laughs) happening here. (laughs) So weird. Isabel makes interesting choices in this episode. You know what else is
2: weird? (laughs) That on the drive to... Arizona, they're in the Jeep and Liz is driving. Uh huh. And like, I get taking turns driving for like a super long drive, but this is like, what, like a six hour drive? This is like
0: a, yeah, it's like a six or seven. I think it's closer to seven hours. We find out it's 400 miles away. So, okay, I'm sorry. Are they driving through the night on a Saturday? Like, where uh, where are the parents? What are they doing? How are they just taking weekend trips away for so long? What is happening? Maybe she's driving. Max says he hasn't slept since he saw her with Kyle. So maybe Max is so exhausted that he can't drive a vehicle safely. And he does the smart thing and has someone else take over.
2: Yeah, possible. Also, uh, it's worth mentioning that Copper Summit is not a real place.
0: No, it's not. But they do say it's, like, it seems to be implied that it's close to Tombstone, so I just looked up how long it would take to drive from Roswell to mm-hmm. Tombstone, which is 435 miles, and the mom says that it's about 400 miles to Copper Summit, so. All right. This is a weekend trip that all of their parents are just cool with, I guess.
1: Yeah.
2: They don't tell their parents where they're going. I'm sure their parents don't know. Their parents don't yeah, care I- what they're doing. They're like yes. not around, and like Tess still just has no legal guardian. She's just on her own, and well, we don't know if like if Valenti has like made himself a legal guardian of her.
0: Maybe, yeah, we don't know. Um, so we go to Courtney's apartment, which is a completely different set than Courtney's apartment in the last episode. Locations department, you are killing me.
2: Why? <laughs>
1: It's dark. We're not going to notice. It's dark in there. We won't notice. We're 16-year-old kids. We don't notice these things.
2: Oh, my God. And Maria says, it's like we're Scully and Mulder or something, which is (laughs) awesome and so cute. Every
1: time I've listened to that episode, I have not been able to catch what she is saying there. So thank you for clarifying that for me, Elisa. I'm always like, wait, what?
2: I watch with captions on. Got it. So that I don't miss anything. But yeah, no, it's an X-Files reference. It's definitely an X-Files reference.
0: Nice. Oh, for sure. She also then is like looking at her CDs and she's like, Culture Club, Wham, the Backstreet Boys. Oh, gosh, she really is an alien, this one. (laughs) Okay.
1: Okay, Maria. Wasn't it the Backstreet (laughs) Boy that we had at the end of the last
0: season?
2: Yeah, for about a second.
0: So in this universe, does that mean one of the Backstreet Boys is canonically an alien? Yes. Okay.
2: I Also, this is like
0: a reunion of the sleuthing team of Michael and Maria that we saw in season one when they
2: were yeah. like looking for evidence in the FBI agents. And she was like really good at it because of all of her babysitting days.
0: And now she's just like stumbling around laughing, being like, what are we doing here?
2: <laughs> also, when she finds that piece of skin, I'm wondering, maybe it's just like fresher than other pieces, but other ones, they just like disintegrate. And this one, she lifted it up, and it didn't.
0: Yeah. I decided this was because I think she's the only human that we've seen touch the alien skin. So I decided that it was just aliens who make the alien skin disintegrate. (sighs) I like that. Okay. And definitely not just that the show wanted her to have this reaction of being like, ew, ew, oh my god, ew, which she's very good at.
1: Yes, she's excellent at it. Oh, I also love her intense freak out over (laughs) the
0: uh,
2: Michael's shrine. Yeah, was it really worth screaming like that? No, but it's fun. You know, you think <laughs> that she just saw like a dead body or something.
0: Totally. Yeah. So we get our second in a row Elvis reference here. We had one in the last episode. And here yeah. Maria says, it's Graceland and you're Elvis. Can we talk about all the things that are in this shrine for a second? Because you mm-hmm. know that I freeze-framed it. Yeah, Okay. of course so you here's, did. Here's what I caught. There's the Metallica shirt that Michael points out that she mm-hmm. like stole from work. There's a pair of boots. They look like Doc Martens. There are many pictures of Michael. One of them is framed in a heart. In one of them, I will have to put this on Instagram because it looks like he is just passed out. Like, his (laughs) eyes are, like, a little bit... Oh, it's very weird. There's a blown-up framed copy of his driver's license. (laughs) There is a bottle of green Tabasco sauce. There are two mini disco balls. There's a bunch of string lights, a bunch of candles. There is a little doll with a pumpkin head... There's a picture of (laughs) a bike, probably Michael's model of bike. There is a doll. It's a white man in a red Speedo. Interesting. There is a genie lamp, and there is a DVD or a postcard or something of Satan's Satellites, which is a 1958 film that is a feature version of the 1952 serial Zombies of the Stratosphere, According to Wikipedia, the story is that our hero, Larry Martin, must prevent Martian invaders from using a hydrogen bomb to blow Earth out of its orbit so that the Martians can move a dying Mars into a closer position to the sun. Interesting. Is this one of Michael's favorite movies? Why is this here?
1: (laughs) I love that you freeze-framed and documented everything that was in that shrine for us.
0: (laughs) I was so concerned. She spent so much money. (laughs) That same satellites thing, by the way, took me a long time because you can't see the full title in the thing. And I was like Googling like all the different permeations. And then I found it and I was like, this is it. It matches the picture. It's very (laughs) exciting.
2: Yes. In Copper Summit, they drive up and they stop at the Stagecoach Museum, which Mm -hmm. actually exists in Lusk, Wyoming. There is a Stagecoach Museum in case anyone is interested in nice. stage coaches
0: is it full of evil aliens probably i'm guessing
2: this one isn't okay
0: we should check the trip advisor before we go though just
2: to yeah make sure. for sure and
1: if it seems suspect that maybe it is we will add it to our road trip that we are are gonna do yep. someday it didn't happen this summer because of covid mm-hmm. maybe next
0: summer we can do our crazy alien hunting road trip
2: yeah we are gonna well, do well if that.
0: we roll up and there's a man who's just um sort of fondling a mannequin outside, then I think we just keep right on the driving.
2: Good plan. A man who, as you arrive and say, is this Copper Summit? Just responds with, "Yeehaw!" <laughs> 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 and then, this town's dead as a doornail.
0: He's creepy. Totally. But he asks them if they're there for the harvest. Wouldn't he know? Like, don't they know all the people whose husks they're keeping here? Yeah, like, totally. it seems like he would, he, he's not inviting outsiders to this. Like, there aren't people who get to come and spectate. So, like, no, obviously
2: they're not there for the harvest. Also, he's, like, giving them more information than he should with just saying that.
1: Maybe he's trying to feel out what they know by throwing, throwing some things that they shouldn't know anything about out there and seeing what their response is.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, he also says they're, what, 46 miles from the interstate. So, like, This was a long trip. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like full day out when they get there. And we know that they were driving in the night. So they must be exhausted. Where did they sleep? Just in the car?
1: Yeah, they took turns driving. Power naps and power naps and driving.
0: And nightmares about that congresswoman who told you about your betrayer past.
1: Yeah. I love that, like, you know, flashback so we can remember everything that happened, too.
2: Right. So the curly-haired guy goes to stand next to one of his lovely mannequins and uh, <laughs> makes a phone call to to warn someone about these people coming.
0: They really do, like Isabel says earlier, make this just sound about as creepy as it possibly could. The Universal Friendship League in this, like, yeah. old-timey ghost town. come on this is not a good way to hide your cult
2: not at all so we get this like awkward interaction between Tess and Liz in the car
0: oh I love it yes
2: And Tess is, like, interested to hear about how Kyle is in bed.
0: And she's like, I don't care that you guys slept together. Like, we're not
2: together. That's not my business. Whatever. Yeah, she's like, all you did was sleep together. How was he?
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, and then when Liz is like, oh, it was nice. She's like, noted.
0: Yes. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Max is like, you have betrayed me. How could you do this to me? I can't even believe you. We were not a couple and you had sex with someone. And Tess is like... Ooh, tell me everything. How's the penis? Yeah.
2: <laughs> she's like, all right, Kyle. And
0: then Isabel again, like, so stupid, is like, what's the Valander project? And you're like, sweetie, no. We don't tip our hands to the mean aliens. They're young and inexperienced
1: spies. They don't they don't know how to keep their cool. I just think she's too smart for this.
2: Did anyone else notice that when they got to the Universal Friendship League you know, on the building, it said that on the outside, but then Mm -hmm. up at the top of the building, it said Robertson. Mm -hmm. I'm really curious about that. And a brief Google told me nothing.
1: I feel like there's lots of like historic buildings that have been repurposed, you know, like in small towns that like kind of still keep their old signage or original situation. Like I know my hometown is like that. There's like, you know, the old historic Main Street, all the buildings are now other things, but a lot of them still have like the sign for what it is now but also like the signage is like almost like engraved in like into the side of the stonework yeah. of what it was originally
2: my um in Worcester it's like that too but so I'm curious about like what building is this is it on a set because if it's on a set why would it say Robertson mm-hmm. or you know I'm just curious about like how that ended up being. Yeah. this was films yeah on the
0: back lot of whatever Universal or something I read that somewhere so yeah they did that intentionally I don't know why it could just also be, like, a shout-out to someone's family member, or yeah. friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows? The guy is creepy. This guy has he played a lot of, like, this guy in things at this time. <laughs> but he does send them to the Crawfords, who are Vanessa's family. So we go there, and we meet Walt, who's played by Holmes Osborne. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He played Donnie Darko's dad in that movie. He also played Kirsten Dunst's mm. character's Torrance's dad in Bring It On. Oh, yeah. Bring It On, a line uttered later in this episode. Is this a reference? Is this like a nod to this guy? Probably not. Yeah, I doubt it. They it, they came out in the same year. so That's true. It's possible. Anyway, I would like to think so. Ida, the mom, <laughs> is played by Jenny O'Hara, who's also been in just like a ton of stuff. Um, She was just in the new Perry Mason adaptation. She also had recurring roles on Transparent, on the Mindy Project. She was in the movies Mystic River, Matchstick Men, and almost 200 other things dating back to the
2: 1960s. Yeah, she's been in a ton.
1: She's a working actor.
2: Yeah, all these people are, are recognizable. Yeah, my favorite is Nicholas. We'll get there.
0: Okay, so we're at the parents' house, right? And I kind of wish that we could play the buffering patriarchy jingle here when Walt, the father, turns to Max and says, I guess you're the man in charge. I'm like, Yeah. And I thought for a second, like, oh, they, like, Whitaker has been reporting to them, obviously, so, like, they already know, and so this is, like, a veiled reference to Max being the king. But it seems like later oh, they yeah. don't know.
1: I felt like it was like a veiled threat reference, though, because like at the memorial service later, like they know that Max is Max.
0: But I think they don't seem to know until until that moment, right? It seems like there's a realization there. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it when we get there. <laughs> yeah. And this is, oh, I love it. They go inside and is like, yes. Yes, yeah, so Vanessa was like a mother to. So what are you doing? <laughs> Why? Just she was a mentor. She was a boss. She was our congressperson.
2: We looked after. She was like yeah. a mother. Are you? Come on. <laughs> if I can, I just give a tip to anyone trying to lie about something. Don't volunteer extra information. Yeah. You know, she's just, like, saying all this shit that is just not true, and, like, why even say anything?
0: Right, you're already in the house. Like, they've already invited you. Right. They already know right. that Liz worked for her. Like, we don't need anything else. Yeah. yeah. So then we meet Nicholas, smart. Vanessa's brother. There's a 20-plus year age gap between them, and no one questions yes. this? Yes. It's fine. Yes.
1: I was thinking later, the, the only thing that, because I also was like, he's so young, but they mentioned later that Vanessa was adopted, so perhaps Nicholas mm. is also adopted in their cover story of being a family, like they adopted, and like Vanessa's mostly grown up, and they feel like they still have energy to like, give yeah. back to the foster kid community, so they like, adopt
0: yeah. another kid. Or this is a huge red flag that they're definitely aliens. Yeah, that
2: too. Right. Right. But, the, but, I mean, there could also be a big age difference if she were adopted and he were their biological son. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they could adopt a kid who's already older.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so Nicholas is played by Miko Hughes. Aliza, you said he looked familiar. Yeah. He and I share a birthday. He's exactly two years older than I, I am, which what? means he's 14 at the time of this episode. I suspect, Aliza, that you recognize him from the same thing I remember him from, which is Full House where he played Aaron, the little boy who bullied Michelle, yep. who was Mary-Kate and Ashley yep. Olsen's character.
2: Whoa. I feel like you can
0: picture him with his little mean face, like, pointing with his little bowl <laughs> haircut, right? Oh, yeah,
2: totally. Totally, that's what I know him from. And then
0: Ida is like, hey, four children, do you want to stay at our house overnight? So I feel like they have to at least be suspecting that they're aliens at this point, right? Because otherwise, like, This is so weird. Like, where does she think their parents think they are? What was their plan? Were they ever going to get a hotel or were they just hoping to be invited to stay here? The weirdest part of this whole situation, though, is that Ida is feeding them
1: Rice Krispie Treats and homemade pickles.
0: (laughs) I enjoy this. If that doesn't scream aliens, I don't know what does. Oh my God. Um, Also, so if, so we know time doesn't work because if the kids had arrived on a Sunday that means that the following day is a Monday and in addition to that being a school day also a weird day for a public memorial service Mm -hmm. so yeah we're in an alternate universe the calendar is different it's fine or you can have a memorial on a Monday whatever you can have it whenever you want
1: my friends got married on a Tuesday because the venue was cheaper
2: (laughs) yeah
0: I feel like that's probably not
2: the concern here I have been. I mean, I've been to weekday memorials before, weekday funerals. Same. I feel like it's more common for Jewish people because we have a time crunch. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't wait till the weekend.
0: Right. Like, I feel like most people would do it, especially if it's a public thing. Like, they have TV cameras there, which we'll talk about because I don't understand that. Um, but first we go to Michael's apartment. He and Maria are, like, staking out the spot across the street. Maria has some more great lines mm-hmm. where she's just like... Uh, so I don't love where she's like, from now on, you should just consider everything to be your fault, because I feel like that's such a trope of, like, boys and girls in relationships. i like, blah. Yeah. But I do love when Michael is like, oh, yeah, Courtney is obsessed with me. And Maria says, well, I guess that makes two of you then, doesn't it? Like, oh, <laughs> zing. Yeah. Zinger. And then Courtney just sneaks up behind them. Because <laughs> yes. Courtney's a much better spy than they are. Yes. Yep.
1: I mean, she's been spying on him for... Probably as long as she's been in town. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: definitely.
0: Okay, but then Courtney says she's not obsessed with Michael. She follows him in the political sense, to which I say, "Uh, there's a shrine in your closet that would beg to differ, Courtney. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's not a political shrine. Courtney says, I follow him in the political sense, to which Michael replies, our leader? This makes zero sense. It seems like there was something that was cut here. Did y'all notice this? Like, this is
2: really bizarre. It confused me, too. Didn't make sense.
0: It seems like maybe it was supposed to go after Courtney's later line, where she says, you're our leader, our salvation. But like, I this just seemed weird. Like, I don't know who. Yeah. If the director messed up, or the editor messed up, or the network messed up, but. Yeah, I feel
2: like it was probably in editing. Probably. Weird.
0: Um, I I, like really question the assertion that Michael could have united their planet, unless maybe his alien (laughs) personality is different than his human personality. It must be. Yeah, we don't know. Another great line from Maria where she's like, Michael, if you can hear me over the sound of your rapidly inflating ego, love her. She's just like, don't believe this, Michael Warsheper. And Michael is just like, no, I, I don't believe you, but
2: tell me more about this worship thing. Yeah, tell me more. She also explains that she's not with the other skins. Mm-hmm. Like yes. makes that very clear that she's a political renegade, which is why she's like not at the harvest, but also confuses me when we later see that she still has a husk there.
1: Yes. Yes, maybe they're going to use it for somebody else. Keep it as a backup. Yeah. I mean, she probably came to Earth with them, yeah, with that whole have. group but has branched off sometime in the last
2: 50 years. Yeah. But I think also they're like probably so protective of their race that they're not Mm -hmm. willing to like destroy a husk, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Yeah. They take 20 years to grow. So they're not going to get rid of it just because, you know, they might need it for somebody else.
0: And it's like a living being. We don't know if it's sentient, but it seems like it is because Courtney says their relationship is essentially parasitic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We go to, Tess looking at this picture of Vanessa and I thought this was really interesting because at first I thought she was just like reliving this trauma because Vanessa like tortured her and I like that they acknowledged sort of the trauma but then I'd also was like wait well is she actually just like pulling memories from the photo and these are the only ones she can access so it looked like she was trying to use her powers in some way right
1: no maybe I just felt like she was flashing back to the torture
0: yeah i thought maybe like she was trying to pull out information because then she asks ida to tell her something mm,
1: that's true i felt like she was just trying to like cover up her upset when ida interrupts her memories
2: yeah maybe also she's, she she asked what was she like when she was my age and i kind of it makes me wonder like if she is seeing some parallels between herself and whitaker Mm-hmm. mm
0: Yeah. Although we know Whitaker never was her age. <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> Not the husk, anyway. Yeah. Uh, then we go to Max being abusive towards Liz. Being a dick. But, like, yep. this is abusive. Like, yeah. Liz at one point says, please quit shouting, Max, you're scaring me. And Max mm-hmm. shouts at her, that's a lie? Yeah. Yeah. I do not like this scene. I
1: do not Whoa. like this, Max.
2: And it's like, he's, he's right. You know, like, he's right that all this isn't true. But that is still no excuse to be acting this way toward her.
1: Yeah. I don't like him at all in this moment.
0: Um, Max then says, we never lied to each other and never kept a secret from each other. And I say, "Um, hey, Max. Remember that time that you cheated on Liz after you mm-hmm. lied to her and said there was nothing going on between you and Tess and didn't tell her that Tess was like having this sexy effect on you? Remember that? Because I, I kissed do. Kissed Tess like two minutes after
2: talking to her.
0: Yeah, you're the love of my life, Liz. There's no one else in the world but you, Liz. Oh, hey Tess. Blah, 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 blah. Not okay. Yeah. But you know what? Props to Liz for standing her ground and being like, yeah. look.
2: Kyle and I made love. We made love. Why? Why? Slept together. If you don't want to say sex, just say, we slept together. Please stop saying made love.
1: I feel like, though, in this case, like, made love is going to hurt Max more because she's using that term for it not i messed up and we slept together i got drunk we had sex like whatever she's saying we made love i feel
0: like i would have been cool with it if she hadn't said the phrase made love like 17 times in the last episode (laughs) like it's the only way she can
2: refer to the act of sexual intercourse she doesn't know
0: any other words for it
2: also if they had had sex it would not have been making love no it wouldn't have
0: i don't know kyle like pretty enlightened and like they had something yeah, at I mean, one point
2: i could have as a teenager <laughs> made love to kyle but i don't think liz cares about him as much as i do you know mm-hmm. <laughs> that's
0: fair i also feel like at least a part of you caring about him is seeing all of nick wexler's amazing tweets during this election cycle oh yes that is very I'm true i'm like
1: i want to sleep with nick wexler <laughs>
0: right now <laughs> and i'm gay (laughs) like he's great nice oh (laughs) okay so then we go back to the house are all four of them gonna sleep in the congresswoman's old bedroom or like what's the sleeping arrangement i'm really curious because they do end up staying overnight yeah did they even stay overnight they had to have because aida says the memorial service is the following day and they go to it Oh, okay
2: yeah so they were there for like a few days.
0: Yeah. And this is where maybe like Nicholas figures out who Isabel is because I feel like he's mm-hmm. testing her with this. Where oh, he's absolutely. like, oh, she told me stories. And Isabel again yeah. is like Velandra. Velandra. Do you know anything about Velandra? Velandra. Definitely not me. I don't know. I don't know who Velandra is. What's Velandra?
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh Nicholas is definitely testing her in this, like throwing that stuff out on the table and seeing if Izzy bites on
0: any of it, and she totally Totally. does. Yeah. And we find out later, he says, like, he looked into her eyes and saw Valandra and then decided not to tell anyone else because the rest of them don't figure it out until the memorial service. So, like, he was just like, good night, mom and dad. Nothing to see here. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Yep.
2: So, Maria, Michael, and Courtney are also on their way to Copper Summit. And in the car, Courtney is giving them a lot more information. And also giving us a lot more information as the viewers.
1: Thanks for the backstory, Courtney. Yeah,
2: totally. Very convenient. Um, And so she explains that husks don't age and that the husks are like a shell, which protects them because their species can't live on Earth in this environment. So the husk protects them. And that the husks really only last for like 50 years. So the husks are dying. So that's kind of, you know, then we can put two and two together and be like, oh, that's what they're harvesting.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And that's why they're shedding all their skin because their husks are giving out.
0: Yeah. Courtney says she spent 50 years finding Michael. And again, I asked the same question I asked of Niseido, which is like, did you not think to look in the place where, you know, the spaceship crashed? And, like, maybe (laughs) keep an eye on the papers, and, like, if you see a story that's, like, random naked kids found wandering the desert alone, you could be like, oh, maybe that's it. Yeah.
2: I should look into this, at least. You're right. It was, like, national news that there was a possible spaceship that crashed. So you would think they would go check.
0: Yeah, like, let's at least monitor the Roswell papers.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I feel like if they're looking, they would, like, do some research and be like, oh, a ship crashed there. Let's go check it out. Yeah. We go to Whitaker's funeral, where my question is,
0: what's the point of this? Max says it so that there won't be any questions about what happened to Whitaker, but, like, were there any questions before? Wouldn't it have been a lot easier to be, like, at the request of the family, services will be private. Put a little <laughs> notice in the paper. We're done. Yeah. No one was like, this seems
2: suspicious. Right. You don't, like, have to let people see the body for people to believe you that she died.
1: Right. Well, the skins are weird. They want to make a show of it, apparently.
2: Yeah. Well, and they they worked so hard to, like, <laughs> grow and and nurture this you know, these spores into this husk, They, you know, might as well use it for something. <laughs> well, but is this the husk? This is just a mannequin, right? Oh, I thought this was like her, her husk, but without her in it.
0: Oh, I thought it was like a mannequin, because we know that they collect creepy mannequins. And the, all the little like books that I consult thought it was a mannequin. So listeners, where do you fall on this debate? Let us yeah. know. Mannequin or husk? Yeah. Okay, we'll do a Twitter poll, or you can email us. Okay, so... As we know, the kids have all agreed that they're not going to go off anywhere by themselves. So
2: Isabel goes off somewhere by herself.
0: Yep. With yeah. Nicholas. <laughs> and Max is like, this is fine.
2: Yep. And Nicholas, like, leads her to the husk chamber, which yeah. I think is not smart on his part. <laughs> um,
0: The husk chamber is just, like, in the basement of the Stagecoach Museum, and there's zero security and, like, no protocols in place. What are these people thinking? I know they probably don't get a lot
2: of visitors out here, but this seems really risky
1: they probably get no visitors out there
2: right is it the stagecoach museum or is it the universal whatever
1: well the memorial is happening in the universal friendship league
2: right but i think he
0: takes her like out back of the stagecoach museum and it's like back down under there or something yeah
1: yeah because he leads her away from the memorial
0: and then i'm really curious like the new husks look exactly like the people they're replacing. So, like, do they do... Is there, like, a specific process that makes the genetics look the way that they look? This this is... There's a totally. lot to wonder about here.
1: They obviously cloned the genetics of the spores. But, like, were these
0: real people at one point? Right, like, where did they get this DNA? Yeah, and where... Where did they get their legal identities? How have they been living in this town? And everyone's just like, that's a fun town. No one ever dies. There are no kids ever born. Like, everyone just stays the same age. Cool.
2: They have powers of their own. And I'm sure they use them.
0: Yeah. Maybe they have, like, we didn't see the factory next door where
2: they manufacture all their fake IDs and social security numbers and stuff. (laughs) I mean I think that they probably can just like change a piece of paper to make it look like what they want it to look like. Yeah. You know, get a blank card and just shoop, there's no license. Yeah.
0: Um this is the first time Nicholas addresses Isabel directly as the Landra. And then at the funeral, it seems like it's only when the kids are all fixing to leave that Greer is like, aha, it appears our long search for the royal floor has finally ended. How convenient of you to deliver yourselves to us. Which, mm -hmm, yeah, totally. Yes, very (laughs) convenient. Good job, team. Really, Vanessa didn't tell them at any point. I think I found some aliens.
1: She might have, but they might
0: not know exactly who it is. I guess, but I feel like they would have wanted information.
2: We also don't really exactly know where she stood politically. Within right? Like, yeah. Like, if she's a follower of Michael, too, then she wouldn't have called them and told them, maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah. Because she was... Are they all followers of, of Philandra? No. It's really
0: unclear. I think that they're, this group seems to be opposed to both Michael and Max.
1: Then they're, yeah, they're followers of Philandra. Courtney is a follower of Michael. Nobody here is a follower of Max.
0: <laughs> mhm. As it should be. Sorry, Max. You're fired. You're out. <laughs> so as the kids are leaving, like all of these skins, all of a sudden get real itchy all at the same time. The cameraman is like <laughs> pulling skin over his head. It's very gross. Oh. I'm like, ha Why?
2: They're not not even being subtle about it, and they know they have visitors.
0: Yeah, I whatever. And I really am disappointed that we don't get to hear the alien names of Max, Tessa, or Michael. They just uh, they're like, oh, this is, must be the king and his bride. And it's like, well, just say their names.
1: Yeah, what are their names? We know Philandra's name. What are the rest of their names?
0: I want to know. I want to know, too. I also, I am curious about this energy shield battle. Like, why don't all of them just join in from the beginning? It should just be Max and yeah. from the very beginning versus everyone here. But instead, they're like, let's just see how this plays out for a minute. And they all just watch... This one-on-one face-off before jumping in.
1: Maybe they kind of... T. Greer is obviously sort of their leader in this situation while they wait for Philandra, so... Maybe they're just letting him handle
0: it. Yeah. We go back to the husk storage facility where Nicholas tells Isabel, like, when it looked into your eyes, it was Valandra who looked back. And then he tells her about Kavar, her lover, that she sacrificed everything for. And I'm really curious of where we're going to get to meet Kavar. And if we do, is there some, like, really good stunt casting? So I feel like stunt casting was a big thing at this time. I mean, it still is. But, like, all of the hot teen stars would, like, bop from show to show, I really want to get, like, a Chad Michael Murray stunt cast for Kavar <laughs> at some point. Ooh. I feel like we don't, but <laughs> Lucas I would love Scott. that a
2: lot. <laughs> I love Lucas Scott. Um, So this is my least favorite part of the episode. Oh, okay. When he starts complaining about, like... <gasps> how he's grown less tolerant of the female sex just because, like, he doesn't get the attention he wants because he is in the body of a teenager. cell. Also, like, why does his husk have to be a
0: teenager? Like, maybe he didn't choose. Maybe it was an accident. I don't know. Maybe he got the short straw. Also, I was really curious, like, did Isabel forget she had powers? Because he's like, blam, 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 and she's just like, oh, no, ow. Yeah. I like to think (laughs) that what happened is she's, like, so traumatized by... The pain that she inflicted on Congresswoman Whitaker and like causing that death, that she's just like, I can't trust myself to use my powers right now. I don't know my own strength. Yeah. But I'm feeling like, no, it was probably just that this is how they wanted the thing to go.
1: And then Michael shows up and rescues her, helps get her out of there. Yeah, she could have rescued herself. Yeah.
0: She's
2: perfectly capable.
1: Yes, she is.
2: Totally. But she's still, you know, she's still dealing with trauma and like, it was nice to have the support. Yeah of, like, her pseudo-brother slash lover. (laughs) In, like, a not-that-creepy way, because, like, they're not really lovers and they're not really siblings. They're neither. Yeah. So Nicholas asks about the granolith. So, like, other Mm -hmm. people know about the granolith. I mean, I guess we know that the Skins know about it, but, yeah, Isabel just denies, denies, denies. Good lying, Izzy. For once, yeah. Yeah.
0: And then... Courtney very helpfully breaks the whatever life support system for these husks, but I'm really curious, like, what is the link between the current husks and these new husks? Because this immediately has an effect on all the skins who are walking around upstairs.
2: Yeah, that surprised me. Like, they are, like, connected to, to their husks.
1: Yeah, I guess maybe if it has something to do with it being, like, a clone of the original husk, there's... Like, you know, an an additional
2: point of connection there, maybe? Yeah, because I, I mean, I thought of it as like hermit crabs, you know, like when this one doesn't work anymore, they like scuttle out yeah. into the new one. Right. But uh no, it seems like there's some kind of connection between them.
1: But by smashing the power source, she's also sacrificing herself.
2: Yeah, it was a, a brave move.
0: Yeah, but this somehow makes the Stagecoach Museum blow up. Which I have questions about. (laughs) And Michael stays behind to rescue... It seems to be Courtney's husk, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, like,
2: pretty clear.
0: Which, like, ew. But also, how is is this going to help? We know it's disconnected from its life support system or whatever, and he just throws it in the trunk like a dead body. Is she going to be able to revive this? What's the plan?
1: You'll have to wait and see if this show ties any loose ends up on that.
2: Um, I do like that he did that, though. Yes. Like, recognize that she quite possibly sacrificed herself to help them. Like, she made it very clear which side she was on. And, like, you know, he recognized that and, and tried to save her. Yeah. I think that was really nice. And then we find
0: out that the skins are not totally down for the count. They're like, oh, we're as good as dead. And Nicholas says, we may be as good as dead. But this is not the end. Even if we don't have husks
1: to move into, we're going to fuck some shit up while we wait to die.
0: Yeah, might as well, right? Gotta go out with a bang. Yep.
2: Also, they just killed, like, essentially a whole town's worth of people. Like, were Mm -hmm. they all evil? Do we know
0: that? Yeah, I mean, we don't know if these... We don't know the state of their planet right now. It's extremely possible that they just committed genocide.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Like, I feel like we should give a little bit of weight to that. These kids just, like, killed a bunch of people.
2: We also don't know enough to know, like, okay, like, she wants Michael in charge, they want Valandra or whatever, but we don't know why. Is it because they believe that this person will, will save their species? And, you know, I feel like... I don't know. I feel like their goal was survival.
0: Regardless of their goal, do our kids have a right to decide to kill them anyway? Like, even if these are all evil people and they all hate them and whatever, like,
2: you still don't have a right to just murder them all. So this is, I'm rewatching The 100 right now, along with Ashley. And this is a question kind of that is brought up a lot in that show of like, you know, is it okay to... If if it's saving the lives of your people, is it okay to kill other people? Yeah, it's people? a deep
0: ethical question
2: that I don't think this show really engages with. hmm Yeah. Yeah. So I recommend The 100.
1: I think a lot of shows don't really engage with that concept, though, when it yeah. comes up.
2: No, they just, we we follow, you know, our main characters, and, like, mm-hmm. that is where the focus is. And you don't really deal with, like, the aftermath of a genocide that they just left behind. Right. So I have a lot of unanswered questions in this episode. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, we talked about some of them. So I'm curious about the relationship between Courtney and Whitaker and between, like, Courtney and the UFL. At some point, she must have been involved with them since they have her husk. Mm -hmm. So, like, when did she split from them? What did that look like? Curious. Why does it take... 20 years to grow new husks. How did they create the original ones? Did they like have them with them when they came to Earth? Had they made them ahead of time? Or like, I don't know. If they knew it was going to take 20 years, why didn't they start earlier? Or did they
2: not know? I don't know. It's was so interesting that he said that they grew from spores. Yeah, like a fungus. Yeah, it's like a okay definition of spore a minute, typically one-celled reproductive unit capable of giving rise to a new individual without sexual fusion, characteristic of lower plants, fungi, and protozoans.
0: Yeah, I guess there's just like a lot of genetic manipulation that they do to get them to that form. Mm -hmm. And we
2: don't know much about their powers. So,
0: Right. Here's a question. So in the message that we see in uh, the finale of season one, Destiny, Max and Isabel's alien mom Says our enemies have come to the earth. You will know them only by the evil within. So we know our aliens crashed in '47. The resonant stones crashed with them. So are they getting a message from later? And like, if that's mm-hmm. the case, because this she had to Right? She that would have had to have been after 1950 if she said they the skins came to Earth. Unless they have other enemies who are also on Earth. And like, if this was sent later, could they possibly? get more messages now could they reopen that communication line mm-hmm. who knows also so we talked about nicholas nicholas is in this 14 year old body which he's been in for 50 years so i'm curious uh-huh. for y'all elisa and Lorena, if you had to pick an age a physical age to be stuck in for 50 years what would you pick Oh man. Assuming that like your brain would continue to grow and develop and you would form new memories and skills and yeah. whatever. Like just your physical body would stay the same. I feel like
2: 30 is a good one?
1: Yeah, I was going to say like maybe late 20s, like yeah. early 30s, like younger than I am now, but you know, I don't want to be super young cuz yeah. nobody will take you seriously even if right. you even if right. your brain is developed. Nobody's going to take you seriously. And I feel
2: like once you're 30, people start to take you more seriously because then it's like, okay, you're an adult now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I would be split because, like, I definitely am a lot happier with myself now than I was in my 20s. But, like, up until I was, like, 24, 25, my metabolism was great and I didn't get hangovers and that (laughs) was nice. You yeah, know, yeah, that's
1: kind of why I'm thinking like late twenties. I'm like, cause my brain, like my brain is happier now than when I was in my late twenties, but like my body's going downhill.
0: <laughs> yeah, I want to be at an age where like everything in my body works appropriately. Yeah. yeah. So now that we all figured
1: out what age we would love to be stuck in for the rest of our lives, let's move on to hot and saucy.
2: Now let's see who's hot and saucy. saucy. so
1: what are y'all's hot and saucy picks for this week?
2: Um, so I am so sure of my pick. I will go first. It is the moment that Tess is like deal with your personal crap on your own time, mm-hmm like she's bossy she's saucy and it's so hot
0: I also picked Tess but a different scene okay I picked Tess for being like you know what Liz and I have now been involved with or interested in two of the same guys and there's been this little bit before which I hate where they're like me me man you're another girl I hate you but in this Tess is just like cool uh how was the sex with Kyle would I enjoy it should I have some yeah you know what good for you Tess Tess is not jealous. She's not angry. She's just curious. She wants to know how Liz would rate the services that she, she received from Kyle.
1: Yes. I thought about that moment, but what I ultimately chose was just Isabel's black boots. Oh, nice. I won't even quite say her whole outfit because I think the knee length skirt is like a little too long to be with the knee high boots. I think it should be a shorter skirt, but I do recognize that a shorter skirt wouldn't really be appropriate for like attending a memorial service (laughs) and like inquiring after a dead woman. So I'm not going to say her whole outfit, just her
0: black leather boots.
2: Right on. So hot. So saucy. I guess
0: Nick Wexler didn't turn you permanently no. from the ladies.
2: <laughs> no, sorry. I don't <laughs> think <laughs> anyone could do that. If Nick Wexler can't do it, nobody can. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, not really. So our last point of business would be Lisa's predictions. So Lisa, the next episode is titled Wipeout. What do you see happening for our heroes and heroines based on that episode title?
0: The IMDb title for this episode has an exclamation point in the title. Wipeout! So they're going surfing. Eliza, this is my prediction. They go surfing. They go surfing. There's much excitement. Everything is great. It turns out Tess is a natural-born surfer. She teaches everyone some cool moves. They all get along. There's, like, a great shot in my mind where, like, Tess, you know, has her arms out riding a wave and just, like liz is holding her from behind and they're just like bonding over their shared love of the ocean and then a dolphin comes up and talks to them and we learn that this is one of the alien
2: powers um so yeah basically they're aquaman in the next episode that's my prediction cool
1: Cool. i like it
2: (laughs) thanks for joining us for today's episode we'll be back in two weeks on tuesday november 24th with season two episode seven wipeout
0: Thanks so much to everyone who entered our giveaway on social media. It has now been closed, and our winner is at Roswell Geek. Look out for an email from us, and we will be sending your prize shortly. Thanks so much again to everyone who took the survey. We really enjoyed getting to know more about our listeners. As always, you can
1: follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Roswell Hot
2: Sauce, and we also have a Facebook page. You can check out our show notes and more info at Roswell RoswellHotSauce.com, and you can always send us an email at RoswellHotSauce at gmail.com.
0: Pass the Hot Sauce is produced and edited by Ashley Hellett. Our theme music is by David Belcourt, and our logo was designed by Billy Murray. Until next time, remember... The point is I've been a babe
1: for 50 years.